Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building, and we might have NFT tones later in the show, so I am very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple is expanding their liquidity hub into two new countries, as they also released a new demo on cross-border payments, describing how XRP is quote-unquote the perfect crypto for payments. One of Australia's largest banks completed a new trial on Chainlink this week, further expanding the findings of the SWIFT trial from June. And with connections between BlackRock and Ripple being exposed on Twitter, we break down the details, showing our community how the largest financial firms on the planet are in the process of going digital. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, first of all, we got a bunch of great news prepared this morning, but how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling good, man. It's Friday. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Love you guys in the chat, but it's going to be a great show. I had kind of a long day yesterday with work, but I got a lot of my uh, crypto work done. And today I'm going to be doing a lot of recording videos. Got to do my TA call in Spanish. That'll be coming out later on at 3T Espanol. So uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great show. That's awesome. And we got Mr. Johnny Crypto back in the building. First of all, Johnny, how you feel, my friend? We're going to talk about a lot of news today, specifically BlackRock and Ripple, as well as XRP being used by Ripple all over the world. Australia and Brazil coming soon. But how you feel, my friend? Thanks for making time for us. Habs, I'm feeling good. A little tired. A little tired. <laughs> yeah, trying to keep a lot, a lot going on this, this past month, but uh, hanging in there. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I can't wait, but I just want to say good morning to all the war maniacs out there. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. And what's cool, Abs, since we launched Merlin, I've actually spoke to some war maniacs. I spoke to uh, one last name. His name's Anthony. I think he's in the chat. So, Anthony, just a shout out to you. Thank you for trying out Merlin. And I love you guys. Appreciate you. Can't wait to get started. Absolutely, guys. And they are already calling for the conspiracies in the live chat. Don't worry, we came prepared. But we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates throughout the day. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.05 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 49% dominant. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 26200 Ethereum, 1600 XRP is $0.49. Cents, and Cardano, just below a quarter this morning. And guys, we already got 162 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. In this video, it was titled XRP Holders. This is huge. And we've got several articles addressing the massive news from today. But to give you the quick, the clip notes, whatever they like to call them in high school, when you can go to the website and figure out what the book was before you had to read the book, this is what's happening in today's show. BlackRock is rumored to be shifting their sentiment away from Bitcoin and into XRP. But there are undeniable connections that we are going to bring by the digital asset team at BlackRock and a former employee at Ripple. So the ties are there. We're going to discuss it. But let's start off with this new video out of Ripple explaining how XRP is the perfect crypto for payments. Ripple, we understand these challenges and have created an innovative payment solution that leverages the XRP ledger 
and the digital asset XRP. XRP is the perfect crypto for payments because it transacts quickly at very low cost with high throughput and is carbon neutral. Ripple's payment solution uses XRP to bridge fiat currencies, eliminate pre-funding and makes payment terms visible, which supports our partners' compliance efforts. And we offer affordable line of credit options that enable capital agility and rapid scaling. So this is the part, this is the reason it's so important, Johnny. Me and you have often debated on this show and behind the scenes on private phone calls. Is Ripple actually building uh, incentive for XRP or are they building incentive for the crypto community as a whole? And I think it's videos like this that show Ripple's products are built to utilize XRP and the XRPL. But that one sentence at the beginning of this clip is what's so important. XRP, in the words of Ripple, is the perfect crypto for payments because it transacts quickly at a very low cost. Well, here's the biggest, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like resistance that they have to get over is accessibility. How many countries can tap into the XRPL effortlessly and get access to liquidity? That's what we're going to be focusing on this episode. But Johnny, let's start with this video right here. In the words of Ripple, XRP is the perfect crypto for payments. What do you take away from that video? highlighting exactly what it can be used for. I mean, I think they certainly do a good job of marketing their products, right? One thing you don't see, you guys were talking about the other day, was XLM and the other websites and, and these other companies, you know, Ripple by far wins the marketing game here. They have been advertising everything, helping people understand it, breaking it down into layman's terms and all that's good stuff. But the reality is you guys like you and me, and Gonzo and everybody in our chat, those videos don't do they, they don't help the business. I mean, we, we're not the we're not their customer, right? Their customers are the institutional uh, or the large institutions, the banking system, and things like that. And I'm guessing that I'm guessing they're making these videos for them and then sharing them with us, right? Abs. The important thing here is what you said earlier is the adoption. Who's taking on and, and embedding their technology into the systems? And, you know, if you watch this show, you know, it's over 40 countries. They got some central banks trying out the product and that kind of thing. So we know there's things happening in the background. However, I saw something yesterday. Uh, but So I don't know if you guys talked about it yesterday's show. But SWIFT is not lying out dead. They are attacking the SWIFT system. And SWIFT is is fighting and trying to work on releasing a, um, a, a crypto-based solution, right, privately. So... That's that's what we got here. As we got this push and pull between these two systems, It'll be very very interesting to see how that that whole um, how that whole system plays out. Gonzo Johnny Crypto just brought it up himself. Swift is already in the process of upgrading their system as well. And from the words of Ripple, they have much bigger goals than just replacing Swift. And that's what we can talk about throughout today's show. Now Johnny broke a couple of statistics down, so I'm going to add to it and kick it right back to you, Gonzo. Yesterday, Ripple released a brand new report called Building Liquidity Hub to Meet Business Needs. Well, at the bottom of this article, it highlights what Johnny Crypto just broke down for our listeners. It said, today we have payout capabilities in 70 countries representing more than 90% of the daily FX market. So this is why I'm connecting these two videos, Gonzo. Accessibility is one of the most important factors for mass adoption. And I think Ripple is tackling that obstacle as well. What do you take away from this video? You know, like Johnny's spot on because, you know, they're trying to advertise to these institutional investors to buy their product. For us, like we're kind of already sold. I know we talk about XRP like every day, but like we don't need any convincing. But when you look at like, you know, we talk a lot about tokenization of assets, but I think another big use case for crypto or for the niche is going to be payments, right? Um, and, you know, obviously XRP was built for that for cross-border payments. But even though we're talking about like regular payments that are like uh, having to do with like merchant to customer or bank to merchant and those kind of things, you're seeing an evolution here. And you're seeing like the thing with Visa, with a testnet uh, on Ethereum and Solana. They also kind of did some stuff with XLM. I was reading the report. Um, and so it's building the infrastructure right now. And we just have to be patient enough to see who's going to win at the end. And I don't think it's going to be one. I think you're going to have multiple rails, right? That do all kinds of different kinds of payments. They're going to be ones that just deal with banks. Some deal with just kind of merchants. Some are going to be like, like the visa payment thing. Um, but it's just a matter of being patient. Um, you know, we hope that the best technology wins, but that doesn't always happen. But, you know, it'd be nice to start to, to see 
some of these um, companies like Visa and MasterCard testing XRP as a payment rail, right? Uh, that would be really nice. Johnny, hey, Abs, yep. Abs, I want to double click on that article when you get a chance. If you could pull it back up, there was something you 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 showed in there that caught my eye. So if you can pull it Which up. Which article was it? The Swift the one? The one you just showed with um, the Ripple having 90%, uh, 70 countries. Got it. The Liquidity Hub one. Yeah, bring that Liquidity Hub yeah. one up. That's fair. Yeah, I just want to see something there. So look at this. He says, this is important. And the reason why I'm double clicking on this, if you remember, we have been saying on this show for a few weeks now after we, we had the, that Merlin Twitter spaces, that the thing that's important is the daily trade volume of XRP, right? And we said that we don't care about the retail version of it. That's pointless. But this gives new data that's very exciting to me. So look what he says here today, and you highlighted it, which is perfect. We have payout capabilities in 70 countries, but this is the part that's the most important. Representing more than 90% of the daily FX market. Now, what we would like to know is, you know, let's say FX market. It'd be interesting to know what that piece of what that, that volume is, Abs, because that, if they're using the XRP for that payment, then we'll kind of get a sense of what that represents in the total volume today based on 70 countries. And then you could say to yourself, okay, if 70% represents this much, then how many more countries do we need or how much more adoption do we need for it to grow even bigger? Because we know the price of XRP today. And if we know and we assume that it's based on the daily trade volume today, then we can kind of get a sense for what that is. So that'd be very, very interesting if we can get a little more information in the long run of what that, how much of that FX market, he says 90% of it, but I'd like to know how big that FX market is that they're talking about. Too bad they didn't give the number. Here's the anyway. real thing, Johnny, is when the United States unlocks the capability for financial firms to start leveraging Ripple's technology and specifically XRP, that's going to be the massive amount of liquidity that we need to see institutional adoption, not just in the U.S., but all across the world. And I want to remind our listeners one thing before I play this video. What Ripple's doing is changing the game for central banks. Right now, JP Morgan and Bank of America, for example, do not communicate with each other. There's not a system where JP Morgan is messaging BlackRock and BlackRock's messaging JP Morgan. It's all done through third parties. And what blockchain's doing right now, Johnny, is they are bringing those companies together. They are taking those companies, allowing them to communicate, allowing them to share transactions instantaneously. And I think that's what we're on the precipice of in the United States. But we got 272 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we are talking about United States adoption. Well, this is the CEO of the Blockchain Association. And she says she's optimistic about a crypto bill coming this fall. Legislation is needed. I think we saw a couple of the senators earlier say the SEC has full authority. It's clear that they don't. And as we've seen throughout the summer, there have been multiple court cases, Ripple, Grayscale, uh, and even Uniswap in a class action lawsuit that basically says that these assets are not always securities and therefore the SEC doesn't have a role to play. But we do want to have some regulation of the crypto markets. And in order to do so, like Senator Lummis said a couple of days ago, is that you have to have legislation in place that puts that framework there. And so I think that the work that is going on in the House right now is incredibly important. Um, legislation isn't a process that happens overnight. It takes time. And I think that the um, Chairman McHenry and Chairman Thompson of the two committees are working very hard. Their staffs are working to improve this legislation. And so I'm hopeful and optimistic that we get um, an updated bill to the floor sometime this fall. And, um, you know, if it doesn't happen this fall, then, you know, we're going to keep working on this because over 50 million Americans own crypto assets. And let me tell you, they're not using it uh, to, to commit illicit crimes using using these assets. And now, Gonzo, this is Bloomberg Crypto, so I'm not surprised that they are pro-crypto during this conversation. But one of the things that really catches my attention is the fact that she stated this. There have been multiple court cases like Ripple that said they're not securities. That seems to be the mainstream narrative going around right now, Johnny. And we're going to show an interview with Gary Gensler where he remained stone-faced after the interviewer made a joke about the SEC losing a lot of these cases. But Gonzo, Block to, the Blockchain Association CEO stated she believes we are going to see a crypto bill in America over the next two and a half months. What do you think that could mean for crypto prices if we do see some legislation passed? Um, I think it, it, I think it'll be positive, but I think it all has to tie up with uh, what's going to happen with the Bitcoin halving, right? Um, we're going to get a major correction that's coming up here, and then we kind of grind sideways and then up as we hit the Bitcoin halving. But I, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, if we're going to get multiple narratives, they're going to push um, the next bull market, the next phases of the bull market. Um, 
But, you know, she's absolutely right, though. It, it's needed. You know, in order to have institutional money to come in, they need to know what the rules of the road are. They're not going to put in, you know, one to two percent of these giant like hedge funds or retirement funds that are worth billions. Right. Um, if they are going to cross the SEC or if they're unsure, they can't take those kind of risks. They all have, you know, rules that they have to follow. And so we need Congress to step in and kind of give us the rules of the road so then that they can build on top of them. Hey, Gonzo, just tell me, when is that correction coming in? Because I can't wait to buy Bitcoin at half the price. How low are we going to see? What do you think? You know, I, I, don't, I don't think that we're going to get a new low. I don't think we're, you know, anything's possible, right? We have to take it. Actually, the trend is still intact. We didn't break 25.2. And mm. so we had the death cross. Usually we rally up to the death cross, which is at about 27,000. What I'm looking at is 28,100. If we need to break 28,100 28, oh. to continue in the uptrend, if we don't break that, then more than likely we're coming down. I'm looking at about somewhere between 23,000 and like 19,000. Okay. I think yeah. that's where our bottom will be. Go ahead, Johnny. Sorry about that. Do you think we're going to retest somewhere in the low 20s? Uh, sounds like somewhere in that zone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think so. Yeah. That, I think that'd so. Be a great, I mean, not a bad place yeah. to DCA, right? Into, into no, money. I mean, you think about it like if Bitcoin goes down to 20,000, right? Think about what the altcoins are going to do. You're, you're talking about losing another 20, 30% in altcoins, not like all of them. Some are going to lose a little bit less, some are going to lose more. But, you know, that's why, you know, you need to make sure that you're doing your research and you're paying attention uh, because you have to be able to stomach that loss. You know, one of the things I've done, my strategy is, is while Bitcoin goes down, I don't necessarily buy Bitcoin because it's too expensive, but I actually buy the miners, you know, and that's another way to play, the, in my opinion anyway, to play the Bitcoin. If you believe Bitcoin's going up, well, why not buy the miners when they're down and then set it and forget it and see what happens. So for you out there who, who can't afford a Bitcoin, you know, you can go look at some of the miners and, and check those out and see if that's another way to kind of play. There's a bunch of them out there. Uh, that you can just easily Google. You can buy it. a piece of a Bitcoin. I mean, you can, that's a good thing about like Bitcoin, right? Or even yeah. Ethereum, any of them. Like, you know, you could put in 500 bucks or 100 Satoshi. bucks or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? I think like 1,500 you know. Satoshi, that's where like- Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but you know what's funny, Johnny, is there is a big misconception around crypto because everyone who's familiar with stocks thinks you can only buy a single stock, right? So a lot of my friends, even people who are like, should I buy a Bitcoin? They're like, I don't have enough money to buy a Bitcoin. I said, do you have a dollar? Do you have a penny? <laughs> yeah, right? You can buy yeah. Size I guess Satoshi's what? What's a Satoshi? Like 12 cents? Like infinite yeah, like zero, 12, pretty yeah. much, guys. But we got 335 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, you brought up something really important, and you're going to love this. This is the Ripple Managing Director describing how the best thing that could happen for crypto assets, including XRP, is Bitcoin adoption worldwide. We essentially calling UAE our home. We are established in DIFC multiple years ago. Our office is increasing. In fact, we are tripling the size of our office from where we were currently just because we can't keep up with the growth. You know, I mean, if you look at the crypto market in the last couple of years, it has been a little inconsistent, if I may use the word. Uh, and, and, and generally, if you see every, every crypto uh, coin uh, generally trades on the basis of what we see of Bitcoin, the, the big daddy. Uh, how does one then, you know, keep that trust intact on one product, say XRP, when there are others that impact XRP's, XRP's performance? Yeah, so I think the easiest way to think about it would be one could have a speculative lens, right? And that's mm -hmm. what most of the people are doing. We are not into that speculative lens. We are in the utility lens, right? right? So if you truly believe that the utility, like I described to you, and a number of other use cases make sense, then it's just a matter of time that it gets critical mass and gets into escape velocity. And that utility essentially drives the real value mm. behind a digital asset and not the vice versa. I mean, Utility drives the real value behind these digital assets. And what did he just say, Johnny? What did he just say? The best thing that could happen for XRP is a Bitcoin ETF and the mass adoption of assets like Bitcoin, because eventually, first of all, Bitcoin can still controls the prices of the market. But second of all, we are going to see a migration into better technologies. And I think XRP is going to be one of the leading tokens that benefits from that. Guys, we got 398 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, that clip is so important because I want to remind you, it is Ripple's managing director talking about how the price of Bitcoin affects the price of XRP. Let's start with you and kick it to Gonzo. Well, I mean, I think this is the part that a lot of people don't understand is right now the whole industry 
is considered a scam by most of the world, okay? So the best thing that could happen for the industry is that the leader of the industry gets legitimized. There's just no question. And a BTC, this is why people don't understand and should be very excited and should be hoping and pushing and praying that a BTC ETF gets approved, is that then legitimizes Bitcoin. And when Bitcoin gets legitimized, Bitcoin is, again, the father, the leader, the, whatever you want to call it, index leader of the industry. So the industry as a whole gets what's called a halo effect, meaning the whole thing gets blessed. It all kind of gets the, the whole industry gets that that we call it the halo effect in, in the in the business world, meaning that that things outside of just the main thing you're talking about also rise like a high tide rises all boats. Right. Abs? That's exactly what will happen here with crypto as a whole. And therefore. Then the next biggest, most pot, I don't know who, what the hell is on BlackRock getting out of Bitcoin. That's well, this is a big deal, Johnny, because a lot, this is so important with the clickbait going on on Twitter. It's these type of articles where people see the headlines and they don't dive into the article that you get stuff like that. BlackRock, guys, BlackRock is not moving away from Bitcoin. A big portion of this episode is going to be showing you how rumors like this are completely fake. It's just speculation. I can write an article tomorrow saying my inside sources have told me that uh, BlackRock will move into XRP and away from Bitcoin. My inside source could be Johnny Crypto. There's no validation right. in those That's opinions. Right. But let's stay on what we're talking about here. Ripple's managing director and the impact on XRP. Well, yeah. So let me just ask, Abs. I'd, lo I'd love to know uh, who this guy's inside source is, John Lugo, because he says we're dummies and Bitcoin's going. This Did you guys know Listen, that? We I'm are dummies. We are, well, I'll we are dummies. No question. I'll but speak for myself. Thank you, John Lugo, for telling us that Bitcoin is going to zero. Guys, so I'll speak you. for myself. You can call me a dummy, but Bitcoin's yeah. not going to zero. I'll tell you Exactly. That. I mean, yeah, what, yeah. what is your theory on that? I'm curious. Like, I would love to post that, like, what the John, theory John, on that please is. Please put in the chat. Why tell theory. us? Tell us why Bitcoin's going to zero. We'd love to hear from you, buddy. I would love to know the logic behind that. Uh, but but yeah, that's just a silly statement. They, listen, we know the whole world is moving towards legitimizing Bitcoin. Uh, I don't see Bitcoin. I don't see Bitcoin going to, to, to zero. Uh, there's too much money to be. See, I guess he doesn't know how the world works. There's too much money to be made in Bitcoin, and we and we know we even showed data right that. Who was it? I think it was BlackRock that was buying Bitcoin at 15000 All right. If BlackRock's buying Bitcoin at 15000 they're applying for a BTF, BTC ETF. Do you really think they're going to get out? I mean, that just doesn't make any logical sense. So um, I think I think we know that it's here to stay, Abs. And to me, by I just wanted to finish this by saying, by legitimizing the business with that ETF, that then helps everything. And then the next biggest players... Or, and the ones who are well-funded, i.e. Ripple, right, are going to benefit. And the, so I agree with uh, whatever, Grupto, whatever his name was there from Ripple, that there's no question that they're going to be in prime position to take advantage and grow their businesses in this space. And they may not win the cross-border payment um, battle uh, um, abs. They may lose that. They may lose it to Swift. Swift may come. Swift's already embedded in there. If Swift can come up with a solution that's good enough, those 11,000 bankings, they're not going to walk away from it, but that's okay. You saw what Ripple has done. They're, they have 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 pivoted and looking at all the different industries and realized, hey, we can play in a tokenization business. That's a huge play there. The custody business, they're going to be all over the place. In, uh, liquidity hub for enterprise to enterprise business. There's plenty of opportunity and space for Ripple to play. And if they don't win that space, it's okay. They're still going to be able to be in a well well, good position of building the future. So I'm really, really excited for Ripple in the long run. Abs. Guys, I never do this live on air, but Gonzo and Johnny, this is a question for you. So please unmute yourself and answer me here. We got two huge topics that we're going to get into. What do you think is more important to start with? The BlackRock connections to Ripple or the Ripple uh, liquidity hub expansion expanding into two new countries, including Australia and Brazil? What should we get into first? You tell me. Um, let's do the uh, BlackRock one because okay, you know, we want to go ahead and try to kind of... Uh, not FUD, but like kind of debunk that a little bit, man. Cause you know, that's why you should always read through the stories because it's like the clickbait. They get you with the, with the title, but really read what, what's going on here, but go with it abs. You're spot on Gonzo. And I'm actually happy you chose this one. Cause I think as exciting as the ripple ODL expansion, liquidity hub expansion is this is more headline grabbing. And this is what's circulating on Twitter right now, but we got 346 live listeners joining us. Show us some love smash that like button. And we often pride ourselves for the investigative journalism, Johnny, 
Here's another example of that here, my friend. So BlackRock is rumored to be shifting away from Bitcoin and into digital assets like XRP. We're going to read this article and then give what we think is going to happen right afterwards. In an ever-changing and ever-evolving cryptocurrency landscape, rumors suggest that BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager with over $9 trillion assets under management, may be reassessing its digital asset strategy. The financial giant is speculated to be considering a shift in focus from Bitcoin, the leading digital asset, to XRP, a digital asset primarily known for its payment protocol. Several factors are, being, are believed to be driving this speculative shift, including the changing regulatory environment surrounding cryptocurrencies, advancements in the technology, and a possible intention to diversify their digital asset portfolio. While these rumors remain unconfirmed, and that's probably the most important line in this article, they should carry substantial implications for the broader digital asset landscape if proven accurate. XRP has been steadily gaining traction in financial circles due to its potential applications for various financial services, particularly in cross-border transactions. And keep that line in mind because we started this show, Johnny, with a video from Ripple describing how XRP is the perfect token for cross-border transactions. A pivot by BlackRock towards XRP could not only increase the digital asset market's value, but it could also significantly enhance its credibility within the financial services sector. That is the news that is circulating today, Johnny, and I'm going to kick it to you for your opinion, but there is a little bit of truth between the BlackRock connection and Ripple. That's what I'm going to provide right now. So an article from December 24th of 2020, just after the SEC sued Ripple, BlackRock stated they are hiring a blockchain vice president for their firm. The role isn't for developing blockchain technology, but instead the vice president would be making investments in the digital assets and blockchain firms. Why is this a connection to Ripple? Because in April of 2019, BlackRock hired a former Ripple executive, Robbie Michnick, to lead its digital asset area. What's really interesting, guys, is that all of this took place right around the time the SEC was suing Ripple for offering unregistered securities. A $9 trillion asset manager hired a former Ripple executive. So there's a lot that we can get into here, Johnny, and I think I'd like to start with you. What do you take away from this first article, BlackRock rumored to shift its focus away from Bitcoin and into better digital assets like XRP. All right. So there's two points I need to make here. It's going to take a little time. So point number one. Okay. Point number one. I currently invested in Ripple, right? I bought what I wanted. I was happy. Then guess what I did? I shifted my focus and I decided I'm buying quant and I'm not focusing on that or whatever I'm buying. Right. I'm giving an example. here. Does that mean I don't care about Ripple? Or I'm, I'm getting out of Ripple as our man, uh, John Ludlow here said. So I think what's happening is people are reading this article, which number one is purely speculation rumor. Number two, there's there's probably a good probability that maybe they are thinking we want to start grabbing some Ripple now. You know what? When Grayscale put all their funds together, one of their funds was heavily loaded with Ripple uh, XRP in it until the lawsuit came out and they dumped that that fund right now, right? They, they, they either dumped the fund or they shut it down. I don't remember exactly what they did with it. So to hear BlackRock saying, hey, we're going to get into it. We're going to get that. That makes sense. I could believe that they may be saying we want to shift our focus in there. But to say shift focus from Bitcoin to Ripple could simply mean, hey, we got all the Bitcoin we got. We want. We filed the Bitcoin ETF. There's not more we could do right now in Bitcoin. So why that's why that iron is in the fire baking and cooking and doing its thing. We're going to now go and accumulate XRP. Blah, blah. So that's what I think. If anything, that's what that means. Not it doesn't mean what Ludlow says here, where he thinks, you know, because here, so so Ludlow, he replied back. I like this. And he said that I think his logic of why he thinks BlackRock is getting out of Bitcoin is because he says here, um, you know, BlackRock in 2019 hired Robbie Mitchell. Okay, so I don't understand. That was four years ago. Yeah, they hired him four years ago at Abs, as you rightfully pointed out. Not even not even to do crypto, just to handle investments. That that is zero reason to think that they're getting out of Bitcoin because of that. I think what's happening here is they've just shifted their focus and decided, hey, yeah, while that's baking, we're going to do some other investments. That that makes total sense and doesn't does not lead me to believe anything more than that, that maybe someday we'll see an XRP fund, maybe possibly created by them, or maybe we'll see them even someday apply for a Bitcoin. Uh, uh, sorry, I said Bitcoin, I meant XRP. An, X, an XRP fund. Or an XRP ETF at some point. If anything, that's all it means. But right now, I wouldn't, I would just say that's a potential. And that's where I would leave it. You know, it's funny. And it's something that I feel like is kind of unique to crypto, where like it, 
you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum have to fail for XRP to succeed or XRP has to fail for XTC to succeed or XLM to succeed, right? And when you think about the way that the internet was formed and the different technologies that came in, it, it wasn't like, hey, you guys, you know, HTTP sucks. So we're going to do HTTPS. Don't do HTTP, right? There, there, there was no tribalism, right? These protocols work together to develop the internet. And that's the way it should be with cryptocurrency. The market is going to be big enough. One doesn't need to fail for the other one to survive. Bingo. And so, it, you know, yeah. It is going to do that, Gonzo. I think you're spot on. That is what's going to happen. You know, someday Bitcoin will be riding on the XRP rails. I guarantee that's going to happen someday, right? So yeah, there's going to be cross-chain. There's going to be cross changes. Yeah. It's going to happen. Let, let me ask you this, guys. This week, Coinbase came out and said that they were going to be adding support for the Bitcoin Lightning Network. And Johnny, you were on the show on Tuesday when I showed our listeners Bitcoin's Lightning Network doesn't have the capability to scale beyond 5,000 Bitcoin in total TPS. That limits the network severely. So that only highlights uh, illustrations like this, where you can plug into Ripple's cross-border payment solution, even add a layer to Bitcoin, and through the XRPL, make payments much quicker. I think that is the next evolution in payments. Not people adopting the Lightning Network for Bitcoin. That's more for retail investors buying grocery store goods. I'm Bingo. You know you what I mean? It. You nailed yeah. it, Abs. You, you absolutely it, nailed it. The Lightning Network, think of this. The Lightning Network is great for, for retail. I want to send something to Gonzo. You want to send me Bitcoin? Yeah. Because you know what? You and I are sending 5,000 freaking Bitcoin, right? So, so, I mean, it's great for that piece of it. But when you're talking enterprise or business solutions, there's going to be where the stuff. real money is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, that, it, it, that's it, where we're talking the real cha-ching, right? That's going to be happening. <laughs> Somebody call it this. Sh oh, that's probably you, you know, it, unfortunately, because of the Bitcoin maxis and their toxicity and the way that they treat people <laughs> and other protocols that are developing, um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of development on Bitcoin Lightning, right? It just hasn't played out like it's supposed to be, right? So maybe Coinbase jumping into the fray and adding developers and adding money to it, they can fix some of it, right? And we'll see what it ends up as. But um, yeah, it just, you know, it's been around for a very, very long time and it hasn't just really worked out. Like you, you look at the Ethereum ecosystem and the, uh, the scaling solutions that have developed, like, you know, we had Plasma and then from Plasma, you had like side chains and then now you had optimistic rollups and then ZK rollups and it's continued to evolve. And we just haven't seen that on Bitcoin. And I think it's because just, you know, the maxis have been very protective of the original code and not wanting to change anything on it. Um, so we'll see, you know, Coinbase jumping into it to see what they do. But uh, yeah, I think that we're going to eventually get a cross chain. You see all the technology that's being built right now and the underlying tech is a cross chain capability being able to scale uh, infinitely and then move value throughout the different chains, right? So do I see a future where XRP is connected to Bitcoin to make it more efficient? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great answer, Gonzo. And we got 387 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thankfully, we were able to dispel the rumors when it comes to BlackRock and Ripple. But there is a little bit of truth there, Johnny, because of one thing and one thing only. The way these markets evolve is there is a natural migration over time into better technologies. People naturally moved away from the Android and into the iPhone. I think we're going to see something very similar in crypto. And I know my man over here, for anybody who doesn't know and has never texted Johnny Crypto, he has green messages. This is an Android supporter. I hope our listeners can still love him regardless. But guys, here is, before we get into our most important article for today, here's the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto.
Yes, it is, baby. And Johnny Crypto, let me make this big announcement myself because I know you sent out a newsletter yesterday. We got 390 people here, and we have a big announcement coming from Merlin. It feels like every single day. Yesterday, give me a head nod if I can make this announcement. We accessed another big exchange, giving Merlin the capability to connect with your Gemini account. So another huge expansion. I don't want to spend too much time here, Johnny. Our listeners literally hear about Merlin three times a week. But if there's anything on the precipice of your mind, you tell me. How excited are you about your successful launch? Oh, we're excited, Abs. You know, we're growing Merlin. Uh, we're getting great feedback. And one of the big things people ask is, can we add more exchanges? Guys, we are adding more exchanges every as soon as we can. We will continue to add them. And Abs, I'm excited to say right now, we're working on adding both Uphold and Crypto.com to the platform. So soon, and we're still working through the kinks and the bugs, but soon both of those will be coming on as well as the Zoom wallet. And we're just going to continue to add more and more. So if you're out there and you're on the fence and you're thinking about, ah, oh, it doesn't have crypto.com, it doesn't have Merlin, it doesn't have Uphold, those are both coming as well. So get on the platform, get your free 30-day trial started. You can you can start trying it out, using it, get your alerts set up because at some point in time, as Gonzo said, the bull run will, will start coming and, and you're going to want to make sure you know what your portfolio is doing. And there's so many more tools we put in the apps. I could spend the whole show talking about it, but I won't do that. But the good news is you and I will be putting out a small thing to so people to be able to get a chance of, to see how Merlin works, why we started it, and all the features and walk them through it. Uh, yes. So get on our wait list, guys, because that will be going out through our Merlin YouTube channel. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, we're going to be getting that going and, and putting out tutorial videos and things like that as well. Abs. So just little things like that. But guys, get on the wait list. Um, because if you do within about 24 hours to 48, we're sending out invites to people. So if you get on today, you may get an invite tomorrow to start using Merlin. So get on that wait list. Link is down below www.merlincrypto.com. We'd love to have you try it out. And Johnny, there's a couple of exciting things about Merlin, but here's what gets our listeners or it should get our listeners really excited. If you have more questions about Merlin, track Johnny down at the New York city event for ripple. He's going to be wearing his Merlin gear and he will be ready to answer questions. Show that head nod, Johnny, just so they know. If hey, you guys not just me. Track down anybody wearing a Merlin shirt, Abs, because you're going to be wearing yours too. Exactly. If you see any of us there, guys, please come up, shake our hand. We literally do the show because we love people. If you guys want to come in and just say hi to us, that would mean the world. But let's get into this crypto news because Ripple made some massive announcements, and it wasn't just about XRP yesterday. Ripple is building a Ripple is building toward a future with that in mind, a one-stop shop where all core capabilities for any enterprise looking to leverage crypto will have continued service. And this is what's really exciting, Johnny. We talked about accessibility. We talked about global expansions. That's what Ripple is doing today. We're continuing to see momentum as customers turn to Ripple to source crypto on demand for a variety of business needs. We're also continuously looking to add new features and functionality. And here are a couple new features that were added this week. So availability in new regions. In addition to the availability in certain states inside the U.S., we are now opening up the liquidity hub in Brazil and Australia, Gonzo. Brazil and Australia, two huge populations, not only for banking, but for population totals as a whole. They're also supporting new assets such as stablecoins. And since the launch, we've added support for stablecoins, specifically USDC and USDT. But we will continue to add additional assets in compliant manner to meet the demands of our enterprise customers. They also enhanced their features on Ripple's ODL service, announcing we've added a new feature to streamline operations, including additional trading of user interface features, as well as improved SLAs for crypto deposit processing. This greatly improves the customer's experience for a variety of segments, including the NFT market, crypto ATMs, and broker services. Gotta love it, guys. So much bullish news coming out of Ripple. But Johnny availability in brazil and australia these are the payments updates that we should really be paying attention to these are huge countries uh you know they they form uh well one of them forms the BRICS nation right b stands for brazil huge huge um brazil is all about um different ways to handle payment payment solutions and it's a big market in fact we even even talked about it for for launching merlin down there that's how big it is so brazil abs is is uh well, so this should get everybody excited because, again, when we think about the liquidity hub, you could see that they are looking to plant this thing everywhere throughout the globe. And if all of the globe has access to the liquidity hub, there's a high probability you're going to see adoption within those countries. And again, adoption will drive up the use case, drive up the daily trade volume. And what does the daily trade volume drive up, Abs? Institutional volume, baby. Or the and, price. Oh, sorry. The price. Price. That was the answer I was looking for. The price of XRP <laughs> will be driven up 
by instant by by the daily trade volume and that's what we're looking for and i don't mean the retail trade volume because we can't do crap we need <laughs> we need to drive up the uh we need to see that 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 trade volume by institutionals being driven up and that's what i get excited about this all, all those things you mentioned will all lead to those things Gonzo, we're talking about XRP continually throughout this episode, but one of the things I noticed as we're talking about big payment companies upgrading their system, Solana and um, Chainlink continue to be chosen. But this is a great comparison I found on Twitter comparing Solana's transaction capability to Algorand. And guys, Visa chose Solana, but Algorand undeniably has the better technology. So USDC finality on Algorand is 3.6 times faster than USDC on Solana. How could Visa say Solana is faster? Algorand can also do more transactions per second on smart contracts because Algorand is a transaction, is a transaction. This is a humongous detail here. Solana, once a transaction is received, 31 block confirmations. That takes about 12 seconds. Algorand can cut that down to about three or four seconds. This is what we're talking about. Migration into better tech. What do you take away from Solana being chosen by Visa, even though Algorand has a much better product? Well, I read the Visa report and, you know, I don't know where they got their information, but according to the Visa report, uh, I want to say Algorand, uh, maybe it was three seconds, three point some, some, uh, something seconds, and Solana was 0.5 seconds. Correct. Now, again, that's not a Solana report. That is a Visa report. Visa tested Algorand, Flow, um, Solana, Exelan, oh, the uh, proof of stake. Uh, chain on uh, the slowest was actually Matic because they used the side chain, the proof of stake chain, which is really slow. It's like 20 minutes. Ethereum was in there. And so, I mean, you got to just do your research. The reason that I think they also chose Solana is because of the parallel transactions, the way that it, it's set up. Like if you're having like, let's say an NFT project mint on one of the rails, um, it doesn't mess with the fees on a different rail where you're doing transactions. The other thing that Visa was looking at is fees, being able to do fee predictability. And it was very stable when it was Solana, right? Now, look, guys, uh, I'm sure they're still messing around with the other tech. Just because the report says they picked Solana, Solana still has to come through with it, right? But they obviously tested XLM, Algorand, Flow. There were other blockchains that were part of that testing. So we don't know what's going on behind the scenes if they're continuing to test those kind of things. So I think at the end of the day, um, what's really impressive is that you don't have solana telling you that their thing is that their test of five saying you have a third party in this case visa who did a real test that matters and they're telling you we tested this thing and it's a half a second that is very very important that's a very important detail because you know the, you, the, if it's your own company solana is going to pump their stuff up right or any company is going to pump up their own results but when you've got a third party like a visa that's making a decision and they're saying, Hey, this is the fastest thing out there. That to me is very, very significant. And I would be surprised, frankly, if they walked away from Solana abs, unless of course we know that Solana has significant development problems, right? We know it's not stable, reliability crashes and all that, but I'm certainly sure that those are things just like Merlin, right? We're working in the background. We always work to fix and improve the platform. And, and I'm sure they are too. And if they're going to be partnered with Visa, there is no question about it. They're going to focus every single effort to make sure whatever Visa wants, whatever stability and information. They, they want 65,000. Visa in the report says they need 65,000 transactions per second, right? I think Ethereum gave them 12. Bitcoin gave them like a single digit. Um, now Solana... Uh, average. I it was Solana, didn't it blow that away, guys? It wasn't like six hundred fifty thousand well, they were able to do. Well, no. Well, let's see. What it is is like I think it was like two hundred transactions. I'm sorry, four hundred, and then at peak it was two thousand. Now, Fire Dancer is Jump Crypto is working on a certain validator node that is still in testing, and they got six hundred fifty thousand transactions per second. That was on like a test, right? Yeah. And so they still yeah. have to come through, right? They still have to be able to be stable enough to give them what they need. But I think it's positive that they're, they're they're testing these things out, right? Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's mind-boggling that Solana is still even alive here. But the reality is they've got the connections. they still got the funding. Right now, I think we talked about this the other day. We know that FTX now has approval to start dumping it, and they'll dump so much per day. And, it, and, and once it withholds that, 
to me, that may be the end of the of the dumping, you know, pieces or the amount of, you know, the worst case scenario of the last amount of dumping to be done. I don't think we'll see any low, whatever that low results in. I'm not sure, sure we'll see much of a low below that. To me, this is probably a great DCA time if you're thinking you want to own some Solana. Um, because, I, you know, what other negative news is there at this point once this last amount of dumping comes out, right? Absolutely, guys. And I am home, so my Wi-Fi can be a little bit choppy, but we got 379 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, you brought up the detail about FTX dumping their tokens this week. Let's talk about it. We got a lot of news to get into. Let's only spend two minutes on this article. In a new filing, FTX has just officially received approval to start dumping their coins. They'll sell up to $50 million this week, $100 million each subsequent week, with an option to extend up to $200 million over the next few weeks. But this is what Jeremy Hogan had to say on the matter. Since a federal judge is authorizing the sale of FTX digital assets, including Solana and XRP, back into the secondary market, those sales must be legal and exempt from the SEC's registration requirements. Last I heard, the DEA doesn't sell C-Cane. It confiscates it back to the cartels. So I, I, I muted myself there, Red. I don't want to say that word in the program, but what do you think? $50 million in, in liquidity every single week Sounds small. Scaling up to $200 million could actually put some serious buying pressure on the market or selling pressure on the market. What do you take away, Johnny? Well, I mean, I, actually, I thought it was $1.1 billion Solana that they uh, worth of the, that they own. It, it's $1.2, but most of it is locked up. The next vesting schedule is 2025. I think what they have fluid, a lot of the Solana, they've already promised to the Solana Foundation. Uh, is it $200 figures, million? The $200 uh, million is what they could sell now? So uh, no. no, they don't even have that much. I think they might have 18 million. Like like I said, at the end of the well, day, well, I said 50 million it could do per week. So they must have more. That wasn't money. for that's, Solana. That was for that's their not total. For Solana. That's total. That's total. Oh, no, the that's total. All gotcha. The gotcha, gotcha. Right. Okay. That's I, I misread assets, it. Right? I misread it. That's my mistake. But the okay. biggest chunk that they have is they have 1.2 billion in Solana, right? And so yeah. people have been talking like they're going to dump 1.2 soul onto the open market and it's going to destroy everything. But that's just not the case. A lot of it is vested. Mike Novogratz from Galaxy Digital is in charge of the selling of the crypto. And it's a fee-based system to where he's incentivized to get the best price. So he isn't just gonna like dump all this stuff on the open market. He's gonna make moves over the counter. People can still buy like the entire wallet that holds the Solana. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen. I think at the end of the day, we're gonna get some more of that kind of, you know, the Mount Gox Bitcoin. Every time the Mount yeah. Gox Bitcoin gets moved or there's a story that's gonna sell, the market corrects. But at the end of the day, nothing happens. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to get a nothing burger when it comes to the FTX bankruptcy, right? I think a lot of it's going to be absorbed. I, I, I read some statistics and some reports that talk about it's, just, it's basically going to be about 2% hitting the total supply of Solana. It's almost like a, that's going to do nothing. It's going to be like an inflation event. Like, like yeah. an unlock kind of thing. Let me ask you this really quick. Do you guys think yeah. only 2%, it doesn't sound like a lot when you incorporate the whole picture, but how much Solana is sitting on exchanges and could 2% of selling pressure actually have an effect on the place? Remember guys, liquidity on exchanges is what determines price. For the most part, it's not just total tokens in circulation. 2% sounds like a decent bag to me, but Gonzo, I know you know a lot. I'm going to kick it to you. Well, it's 2% like inflation, right? So do you, you know how like when Ethereum when it was at uh when it was proof of work it had a certain percentage that it was inflationary right and then now at times it's deflationary that's that's what they were talking about um you know the sticks i saw depending on when they sell like a lot of it can be absorbed but like we're going to get a major correction in the market and whatever the narrative is going to be is going to be but you know and we're going to test lower lows i don't think that we go back down to eight dollars i'm looking at Sixteen fifty yeah. first, and then twelve dollars. I take everything in levels. If we lose that, then we're going to twelve, and then if we lose twelve, then we go into that bottom range. Well, but, Gonzo, um, you brought yeah. it up yourself. You think we're going to have a negative day in the market? A lot of people are saying in that black, or sorry, the black swan could be the collapse of Binance. I almost tripped over my words there, guys. We got three hundred and sixty-three live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Binance has been under fire from the SEC these last couple of months. Check out the resignations from both Binance US and Binance, the international exchange. Over the last three months, we've seen Binance fire or resign their chief strategy officer, their VP of compliance, their head of products, their general counsel, and the head of the APAC. Well, Binance US is also suffering some serious losses as the CEO resigned this week. 
The head of legal resigned today and the chief risk officer resigned today, Johnny Crypto. So we're often looking to identify possible black swans. People look at stable coins like Tether. Binance controls these global markets, man. If you look at the liquidity, this could be the black swan. How do you feel about all these resignations? Is this a bad sign for people using this exchange? Well, I mean, it is not good for crypto as a whole when one of the largest exchanges in the world or the largest exchange in the world is under fire. So don't be, that's not a good thing. I'm not going to sit here and say it is. I don't know the reason why these people are leaving. Maybe they got a better job opportunity. Um, you know, that sometimes it could just be something as simple as that because they are, and maybe, you know, they started looking when they started realizing Binance was under fire and these guys didn't feel comfortable, you know, being in something that maybe is under, you know, is under attack. It, it, there could be many reasons. So I think from that perspective, <clears throat> I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it much because I think they'll replace the roles. And I don't think finance is going away. I think they will survive this. Will they struggle in the U.S.? Maybe, but they're they're bigger than just the U.S. and they can play globally outside of it if they need to. So from that perspective, it, I don't, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think finance is the the black swan event for 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 this. I, I don't. I mean, I guess, I guess if you're saying, could it be the catalyst to drive us lower? Okay, yes, I could see that being another like if it if it went under, yeah, that would be huge. That would be that would be big. But when I think I mean if you if you look at the total it, market cap of what BNB token holds in percentage wise of the total market and just Binance what it holds in assets, right? Huge. Um it, it's it's huge, right? And then, and then you think about okay, well, you have all this institutional money that's about to come in. They're not gonna want any kind of shadiness or any kind of uncertainty. And they will liquidate that uncertainty so that they can come in and take over. So um, anything's possible in the matrix. Like usually, you know, we've seen this movie before, right? Like we, we saw people leaving an exchange before and then all this stuff. And then FTX went under. I'm not saying that Binance is going to go under. But what I'm saying is that if there is shady stuff that's going on, that is not good. And it's going to need to go away for us to go into the next cycle, right? You're going to have to liquidate all of that stuff and has to kind of recurgitate itself back into the market. And it's going to fuel like the next bull run, if that's what it is. A lot of my mentors that are TA people that are traders, they have a short on BNB. It's a kind of like a counter trade. Wow. That if the market takes off, they're good to go. But they have a short on BNB that, that's, that's set with, with the stop loss, right? And then it, and if it happens, they're going to write it all the way down. You know, the way I think about it, though, when I think of a black swan event, I think of a black swan event as something that affects the entire world. Versus something like this, where I believe you're looking at, um, you know, something that if we're saying a black swan to crypto. Yeah, then I would say, yeah, I could see this being a potential black swan. This is a crypto show. Well, it is. But when we talk black swan, you know, everybody's thinking like the black swan that switches the entire banking system or something like that. That Cyber attack. I don't think by this this thing of Binance is that is what I'm saying. But can it be the next catalyst, you know, of bad news? Yeah, but do I but here's the thing, Abs, if it is in Gonzo, I think the reality is it's gonna be like FTX. It'll be the same thing with slightly bigger, but the industry's gonna survive. Just Coinbase is gonna get bigger. Coinbase is gonna be yeah, for sure hundred percent benefit. Coinbase it's be the last the time that we get an opportunity to get in, right? Like exactly. it, it'll be you're not gonna see anything lower than that. You're gonna see some. Some of the altcoins are gonna make new lows. Some of them aren't gonna make new lows, but like it's the final flush that we need to kind of bring in the new market. Guys, it's yes. conspiracy Friday, Johnny. So you gotta give me some time for conspiracies at the end of the show. But I want to get a live reaction from Johnny Crypto to this video of Gary Gensler. This is Gary Gensler doing an interview. I can't remember the name of the person, but she said that uh, federal judges have been very sympathetic towards crypto players like Ripple and Grayscale. Gary Gensler did not find it funny, so I'm going to play this and talk about it. Here we go. But there are laws, there are rules, not just here at the SEC, but it, across a number of areas. I think there's a field that a lot of it just wants to run past that and, and suggest otherwise. They do seem to be finding some sympathetic judges. <laughs> that is painfully awkward. Painfully he's awkward, Johnny. He's sitting there saying, "How do he know what he's saying stuff right there?" He's saying, "How do I respond to that?" She's right. Yeah, <laughs> <He's> like, right. 
yeah. That face looks very familiar. It's like when that man asked him about the steel dossier when he was the CFO for the Clinton campaign. Frozen in his tracks, Gonzo. And I just want to get a quick comment from you before we move on. Gary Gensler froze during this interview or he didn't find it funny. I don't know what's going on here. I think he needs some some help with PR. I think he should have laughed this off, he, pretended like it wasn't a big deal. What do you think? He looks like the alien from Mexico. Like if you really look at it and you hydrated that little alien a little bit more and his face was a little bit rounder, it would kind of look like Gary Gensler, dude, like straight up. Yeah, um, yeah man, like I think that his days, his, his days are numbered. Um, <laughs> you know, we're going into an election next year. You're starting to see the sentiment change, right? You know, we had the Republicans that were kind of pro-crypto. And now what you're seeing with the Democrats is that the old ones, like Elizabeth Warren, are still like that narrative against crypto, but the younger ones are kind of starting to side with the Republicans. So you're definitely seeing a shift. And, and I think the trigger point was like BlackRock announcing to the world that they were going to do a spot ETF because they're basically signing off on Bitcoin saying, hey, this thing is okay to invest in because they want to make money, right? At the end of the day, they're not doing it. You know, like when you hear Larry Fink talk about like making it accessible to the average person and all that stuff, at the end of the day, it's to make money, right? Don't get it twisted. And let's talk about somebody who's very good at making money because Elon Musk put out a quote in 2021, Bitcoin's clean energy usage now exceeds 50%. This is according to Bloomberg. Well, Elon Musk previously said that Tesla would once again accept Bitcoin payments once clean energy usage exceeds 50%, Johnny Crypto, this isn't the conspiracy. This is pretty great. I think the market could use this narrative. I think a lot of retail investors see Elon Musk and they do as he does. If Elon Musk started to buy Bitcoin, we'd see a huge shift in the narrative. What do you take away from this before we close out? I mean, the, 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 it's, this is like a chess game, man. The pieces are being set up. So Elon's prepping you to tell you that soon Tesla's going to take Bitcoin again. SEC is going to eventually pass the BTC ETF. Congress is going to pass some kind of litigation uh, regulation. And then you've got the Bitcoin having coming. I mean, guys, holy shit. Four monster catalysts coming that are going to drive Bitcoin beyond all time. You can just see it. It's so obvious what's coming. I mean, in my opinion, maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm an idiot and I'm a dummy. Like, maybe we're all dummies here and I'm wrong. But, man, when I just look at all these narratives that can line up either at the same time or, I mean, I mean, he's telling you, he's literally telling you that they've exceeded. So at some point he's going to come back and say, Hey, we're taking, we're taking, Tesla's taking Bitcoin again. And if you remember what triggered the bull run of 20, what triggered the BTC price to fly? I'm pretty sure it was when Elon said Bitcoin was going to be taking, uh, Bitcoin was going to accept, te uh, I'm sorry. Tesla was going to accept Bitcoin. Thank you. Yeah, I did the same thing. I did the horse in the race in the race. Yeah, it's not about, about how many horses in the race. It's about how it's many, how many Teslas take a Bitcoin, right? <laughs> but how I many Teslas take a Bitcoin? And guys, if you do own a Tesla, someday you will be able to mine Bitcoin out of, out of the back of your Tesla as well. I've heard those rumors. So they're definitely pro crypto over there. And we got 344 live listeners here. This is how we're closing out Conspiracy Friday, a video from the WEF and Time Magazine. I don't want to get censored, so I'm just going to let the video play. 1,500 private yes have flown in here to hear Sir David Attenborough speak about, you know, how we're wrecking the planet. And, uh, I mean, I hear people talk in the language of participation and justice and equality and transparency. But then, I mean, almost no one raises the real issue of tax avoidance, right? And of the rich just not paying their fair share. I mean, it feels like I'm at a firefighters fighters conference and no one's allowed to speak about water. I mean, this is not rocket science. I mean, we can talk for a very long time about all these stupid philanthropy schemes. We can divide Bono once more. But come on, it's we got to be talking about taxes. Yes. That's it. Taxes, taxes, taxes. All the rest is bullshit, in, in my opinion. So, guys, I have an update. He was never allowed to speak again at this conference. And I'm only kidding, of course, Johnny, for, for speaking the unspoken here. But I just wanted to point this out because it's Conspiracy Friday. And we often talk about the carbon narrative and everyone going carbon efficient. We saw Apple's new commercial. By 2030, every single one of our products will be carbon neutral. Well, how are you mining the lithium for your batteries? How are you mining, how are you mining the lithium for your batteries? Does anybody know? Do you know, Gonzo? Do you know, Johnny? There are children. I've seen it. I've seen the kids digging in the, uh, the mine. So that's the type of conversation that I think the WEF is very familiar with. We're going to make everything carbon neutral. 1,500 private jets flew into this meeting. Have you ever been on a private jet, Johnny? 
I never have. Let me say this. I never have. I've never yeah, used the private jet before. I, I've been close to one, but I don't have actually been. <laughs> maybe one time for work I might have, but I, I don't remember. The floor is yours, my friend. There will be a Merlin private jet eventually, but I just thought <laughs> it would be a good way to end Conspiracy Friday. 30 seconds from you and Gonzo. What we'll, do you think? We'll have to make sure it's a green Merlin jet. Otherwise, I'm sure we'll catch some grief abs. But, uh, you know, the guy brings up carbon a neutral jet. Yeah, it's a carbon news. The guy brings up a great point, you know, and I probably hit it at the wrong place. I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna ever hear from him again. But uh with that said, Abs, I know we're running out of time, so I'll kick it over to Gonzo for a last word. Yeah, no, you know, I, I like that comment. Climate change is a grift. Like it's it's just a narrative. Like you even see BlackRock uh Larry Fink kind of eased back a little bit on the whole ESG narrative, right? It's one of these things that it looks good on paper, but when it's implied applied in the real world, it just doesn't work out. That pretty much speaks for itself, Gonzo. We got 300. Is he on mute or is it just me? I think he's on mute. He muted himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry about that, guys. No, 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 I'm back, I'm back. I clicked the mute button. Rookie mistakes on this Friday morning. We got 365 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to Gonzo and thank you to Johnny. We'll see you guys in 72 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Woo! Let's go. Let's go. Have a good weekend, guys. Happy Love you guys.